This episode of the podcast we had Ben. This was a fantastic episode we had. We got really deep on just being human and our emotions. This was filmed back in April because over about a month there I had a broken laptop so I was unable to get um, podcast out but this was a fantastic episode though but also make sure you check out all Ben's work he has a new song out Be Your Own King which is I highly recommend listening to and he's got a program out um, with songwriting so be sure to check that out I'll link all his stuff down below and also as well guys I have creating your legacy shirts out as well so go to mitchellcrocker.com forward slash shop to go check them out if you want you know all that kind of stuff and also on the 25th of July I have my own workshop free the body free the mind which that is up at the sunny coast I'll be taking this to a couple of other places as well but to get you all your tickets and more information about it go to mitchellcrocker.com forward slash workshop but other than that I hope you enjoyed today's episode guys see Welcome to the show, Ben. How's your day going? It's been going really good, man. So uh, lots of stuff's coming up and um, yeah, just staying present with it and, and being with it has been challenging today. So, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it that that's what my day looks like. I fully understand that. I think it's been <laughs> like that for a few people this week by um, mm-hmm. looking at social media and that, and especially myself at the beginning of the week, as we we're speaking about, it was like, I had a lot of stuff show up and I had to sit, actually sit with it. Cause um, I guess with Queensland jumping into lockdown. So it's like, yeah. oh crap, I have nothing to extract myself anymore. <laughs> kind oh, of I, that- I really identify with that. And uh, after coming out of the army, two months ago, I really feel like only now I'm starting to fully embody that and fully sort of be with the things that maybe I haven't looked at that have been put to the side and that have been kind of hidden under blankets and that I've kept from myself from a long time. And now I feel like I have a a space to sort of to open them and explore them. And Sometimes, sometimes that's challenging. Sometimes that's hard. And I guess that I'm dealing with that at the moment is that that's been quite challenging for me now that I have the space to sort of open those can of worms and deal with the worms that are inside. It's been pretty, it's been intense, but it's been amazing at the same time. So yeah. 100% understand that. Cause when you're like sitting with your stuff, right. Everyone like makes it, it's like, it is so beautiful in some you're like in context, but you got to sit with that dark, yucky stuff before you actually get to see the light. And it's like one thing that a lot of people don't talk about. They're like, go on the healing journey, unpack everything. And then you're sitting there and you're just like, I'm just emotional all the time. And it's like, you know, all this stuff's just coming up. And it's like, I don't know what to do. And you're sitting with it and that. But then, yeah, we're just insane. Like the kind of, kind of, kind of leads into my first question is like, where did this journey start for you, man? When did you start unpacking this stuff or getting into the work? I like that you said um, journey because I really feel like it has been a journey. And yeah. I mean, I, I wrote the song and I first had my first experience of kind of like coming face to face with where my self-love was was at, was at um, Jason Blewett's um, Sharpen the Spear retreat. Um, we did this breathwork session there and I was just like blown away by how mean I was to myself and how unkind I was to myself. It was just like, I, it was the first time, I don't know whether you've ever experienced it before, but when I sort of came face to face with that and like face to face with this 
with this like with the devil or with this um nasty thing and i and i couldn't not see it anymore and i was shocked like i was shocked the way that i treated myself and so i guess that was the first time that i that i'd seen that and ever since it's it has been a journey it certainly hasn't been a one one time thing where it's like that's all clear now it's been like shedding layer after layer and um and it's just it's continuing to to keep unfolding and continuing to to happen mm. yeah man that's i definitely resonate with that because i had a big one in 2019 which i was like i wish i did like did something that was facilitated with someone because i probably would have um understood it a bit better and had someone yeah. else translate it for me is that I went through a massive part of my life after breaking up with my ex-girlfriend and it's like this whole realization of looking at my life and like holy crap and looking at how I've been treating myself and then that's reflecting back onto others and yeah and I went this I guess most people call it an ego death a huge grieving stage for months of just like this part of myself that kind of just died but then in that magic was kind of the birth and you know it's this podcast knew myself and you know start that journey of self-love and self-discovery self-happiness and all that kind of stuff awesome yeah amazing <laughs> yeah it's painful but it what's on the other side is incredible um but it's challenging at times to sit with that pain and to just kind of be with it because the human body doesn't want to it wants to cover cover that back cover it back up again like it wants to look under the behind that door and be like oh i don't want to go in there and shut the door again but it's really hard to keep the door open and just kind of be with it long enough for it to physically shift yeah that's definitely true and i also think it comes a lot down to social conditioning because yeah. there's this phrase that I've come across, it's like the happiness trap that thinking we have to be up here all the time. And actual fact is like, you know, being a human is having emotions and emotions kind of help us navigate the world. But we spend a lot of time suppressing the bad stuff, but that also mm. suppresses the good stuff as well. So then a lot of time we sit, normally when you are suppressing stuff, you sit more in the bad, I mean, in the quote unquote negative emotions and you sit in the positive yeah. ones, which are, something I've generally noticed with myself, especially over the part, like over the last couple of years, is that when you are suppressing stuff, it's more you're sitting in that negative kind of state more than, you know, you're getting the positive and the positive ones you kind of want more. But then when you start unpacking it as well, is that a lot of the time is that, I guess the neg the stuff you don't want to feel come up a bit more. And then, mm. and then that's, and then once you kind of unpack that stuff, that's when you get to see the light at the end of the tunnel or, I shouldn't say ton at the end of the tunnel because this thing is a massive journey. There's always constant unpacking. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, yeah, it is It is a constant journey and, and always unpacking. I really see that. I, I thought it was a destination for a long time as well, that there was just going to be this, mass, this destination that I got to that I would feel that self-acceptance and that self-love, but I see that it's, it's going to be a constant journey to kind of keep, keep shedding and keep unfurling um the negative thoughts and the different stuff that i have that are, that are limiting me but I, i'm going to get more into the good stuff and what i really hear and what you're sharing then is that um i really tried to restrict my emotions as well and that i tried to um spend all the time in the high and spend no time in the low and what i've found lately is that not to fight the wave that the wave's going to keep coming up and down um 
all the time that it's just a human thing that we feel emotions in waves and a lot of the time I would try and fight the wave if I was down I'd, I'd try and fight it back up again and in fighting it back up again I'd stay down for longer and so just being able to be with that down feeling and be okay and turn up to things even turn up to different events and stuff not high not up like not feeling great but still turning up and still being with people where you're at uh, has been really powerful for me to be able to do that and I've found that it's naturally come back up back up again way faster mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that man like when you do show up when you aren't feeling your best when you continue doing the work when you aren't feeling best and having that I guess going to events and having that community there and then also talking up about it and speaking to other people because you realize that you're kind of not the only one going through it at that time. And then it kind of helps to dissolve the ego and I guess the problem itself. And then it kind of uplifts you a bit more. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And, and just being okay, going in without the mask on, going out without the facade. Cause I think the facade stops that from happening. If you go in and you're like, okay, cool, I gotta pump myself up. I gotta be energetic and I gotta be excited when you put this facade on, then you go in there, no one gets to interact with like where you are actually at and they just interact with the facade. And it means that you never sort of get to experience moving past the ego. And um, yeah, I really felt that at like a family event that we went to the other day that um, I was kind of down that day. And um, we went to this, event and I just I just got to be there and I just got to be with the people and I experienced exactly what you're saying that the ego just fell to the background and I naturally came back up again I naturally came back up into the space that was created from not putting the facade on and like I also noticed too like by putting that facade on that mask is actually you waste so much more energy trying to do that so then I guess when you are hanging around people and especially people you care about you're putting so much effort and putting I guess not how you're feeling at the time and that and you end up being exhausted and not as present with the people you're around yeah oh totally get that and I really see um, that no one really gets to know you either when you put that that smiley happy face on all the time that no one actually gets to know the real you that they just get to know this um, version of yourself that you portray to the world and I had a friend that's really dealing with some stuff at the moment and I was talking to him about that and he's had this real struggle when some things in his life really kind of all happened at once and and really was a hard time for him that people weren't around to support him because he'd always shown up as the happy guy the happy like in like really out there guy that was like put the facade on that was always this sort of person and people would say to him oh, I would do anything for you I'll be there for you whenever you need but like his his life had this real challenge in it and people weren't there people only knew him as the facade and they weren't there when he really needed it so I, I really got something for myself in that that the more that we can just show up as us the more people feel connected to us and they show up when you need them yeah, I think you are spot on with that because we tie our identities around this certain, you know, part of ourselves. And then that's the only part of the, you know, ourselves we show to the world. So the world mm. actually, and as you're saying that like the world doesn't get to see who we actually are. And we'll I'll talk about from a male point of view, because I 
do have a lot of mates that do the same thing and I talk to them about it. And it's quite this thing that I guess as a male, it's like we don't show emotions, we don't show the, you know, the crap stuff that's going on. And I, this has had a little bit to do with um, get a bit deep. It's like the deal with the suicides, especially men, 75% more likely than women to commit suicide, which is a huge statistic difference. And it's because we're so scared to show up as our authentic self because we're so scared of getting judged. But to realize that I guess everyone around us are feeling the same thing. So when you show up vulnerably, they're like, they have that chance to let the wall down as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I really see that. And um, the more that you show up with your walls down, you get you are the permission slip then for people to show up with theirs down. But it really takes someone to to do it first, and um, it takes a lot of guts to do that to be the first one to show up with your walls down because um, you really are opening yourself up to judgment. And I really see out in the world that there is judgment, there is criticism. Um, and sometimes that's your experience. You take your wall down and you are judged and criticized, um, but it also doesn't mean anything. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do that. Most of the time, people won't judge and criticize you when your walls are down. They'll take their walls down as well. And they'll just have a real freaking conversation with you. And it's amazing. Yeah, hundred percent with that. Um, yeah, I guess like one of my questions would be, I'll love to talk into this as well. It's like, how did it feel for yourself when you first started to show up vulnerably or as yourself in the moment? Um, for me personally, or through through more music? Um, yourself, I'll go both actually. Yeah, yeah. make it yeah, a two-part yeah. question. Totally, yeah. Um, I guess I really struggled with that initially, uh, mainly through high school that I I felt like I couldn't, that I couldn't show up as just my genuine self even through uni and stuff after school. And it wasn't really till I got a bit older in my twenties that I felt like I could really show up as, as just me. And um, I mean, even now I'm still shedding that, um, being able to fully show up authentically as me. But um, honestly, I really felt like I couldn't for a long time. I was like, that is not possible. To me, it didn't occur. Like you could actually just show up as your authentic self because it wasn't enough. There was like some, thing that was like it's not it doesn't fit in this box it doesn't look like everyone else looks um and i had all of these reasons and these like self-judgments around why i i couldn't do that so i just didn't i just decided that that's something that i couldn't do um and i always felt wondered why i felt so drained after like social interactions and stuff like that i was like i'm wiped after hanging out with people and then i came up with the story that i didn't want to hang out with that many people that I wanted to be on my own a lot, but it just meant that on my own, I didn't have to put up my wall or my facade or whatever version of that I was trying to do. So I did enjoy more time alone because I didn't feel like I needed to do that. Um, but as I've been able to share that now, I love spending time with people now and it's way less effort. You just get to show up and you just get to be with people and communicate with people and be heard and seen and held and all of those amazing things that happen when you are with people. And it's not draining now. Now I feel lit up by being around people. And so it's been a real shift for me. 100% resonate with that, man. 100%. And, I, and I'm like, I'm really feeling into that. And I'm like, you do notice a difference. Like, I, cause I still do it now with um, like, depending on the, um, environment and that I still put that mask on and I notice a difference in myself and my energy levels and when I don't put the mask on 
like I'm so much more vibrant. I'm not, you know, you know, holding myself back. And yeah, and it's like when you are putting those masks on, it's so draining. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I even had an experience like that when I first joined the army. Um, and I was going through officer training because they're very specific about the type of person that you need to be. They're like, an army officer is this. And then it was like they went through and they're like, is outgoing, is intense, is it? And they went through this whole list of like things that you needed to be. And I remember like looking at the examples of that and through other people and, and being like, that's not me. I, I can't be that. And then judging myself and then deciding that I had to turn myself into that to pass the course and to pass officer training, but also just to be accepted by the people that I was with. And so I found like the 18 months of army officer training really draining and really intense. And I found the first couple of years of being an army officer really draining and really intense because I was pretending to be someone that I wasn't. And eventually I worked out that I was just as effective just being myself as like actually even more effective being myself than I was when I was pretending to be this other person. And people know, I was like, the soldiers knew, like the soldiers that were under my command and stuff knew that um, I wasn't being my true authentic self. And, and it, the way that I communicated with them didn't translate as well as when I just was myself and they wanted to be on board by that. And they wanted to be led by that and they wanted to be supported and, everything was just way more <laughs> streamlined. So, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely understandable, man. And it's like, yeah, it's like when you start showing up with your authentic self, it's, um, it's amazing what comes about because it's like people actually see who you are and majority of the time they like you better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, another question is like, when did it come to that realization? Yeah, uh, in the army. Yeah, in the army. Sorry. Yeah, I um, it took me a couple of years because the blueprint was so strong and and how they kind of expected you to be. Um, it took me a long time to be comfortable trying something different because it's like it's like a formula that they'd set out, and I understand why it is because yeah. It's, it's just the way that I thought that it was. And to me, there wasn't any other option to be a different way. But when I found that just being me had like way more charisma and like way more um, flexibility. And, and I, I think because I started to do, I, I wasn't able to maintain the facade anymore. I just got to the point, I was just like, this is too hard. So I started to shed it and I started to let it go. And as I started to do that, I started to get better results and I started to connect with people more and I started to be better at my job. And I started, and I started to see all of these things sort of like you're saying, just show up and present themselves. And I'm like, wow, this is actually like working for me better. And so I just like started shifting into just being myself again. And, um, and yeah, it was a long process and it took me like a surprisingly long amount of time to find out that that was <laughs> the way that I should be operating. Yeah, it definitely is. And sometimes it's hard to, so we don't have, I guess, a role model for that either. So it's yeah. like, okay, like, you know, it's the truth, but because there's no role model right there, it's like harder to step into it. Oh and man, I, I love that. Yeah, exactly. And like 
the officers and stuff that they had as role models when we went through training, a lot of them I, I didn't really identify with. I'm like, I can't relate to that guy. I can't see any of myself in that guy. And it wasn't until I got out there in the real world and sort of found my mentors that I found that there was another way to be. So I really like, I hear what you're saying there. Mm. So yeah, with that question, jumping onto that question too, man, when did you start fighting into your mentors and what are some of the best things that you've learned from them? Um, that it's, yeah, I, I learned that it was okay to, to be yourself in those roles and um, that there's alternatives, there's alternatives, way, ways of being. Um, because yeah, I was so convinced that there was only one way of being, there was a right and wrong. It was like a, like a yes or no type question. But what I learned from those role models in those times was that um, it was open to free choice and it is open to you and it is your personal way that you express it you can be fully expressed um in 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 that role and in that job as much as i didn't think that you could be that you could and so yeah they really opened the door to me being able to fully express and actually let myself come through um that was the main lesson that i learned from them mm, that's awesome so yeah man um so i know that you just recently just released a song um yeah. it's like be your own king yeah. yeah, which I think that's an amazing title. So um, whereabouts did that come about, man? And where did this, I guess, the idea spark from there? So the idea actually came from um, that course that I was talking about before, Sharpen the Spear, the one that Jason Blewett facilitated, and it came from that breathwork session when I got fully confronted by how unkind I was to myself. And I really couldn't unsee that. I couldn't unsee how unkind I'd been to myself for the majority of my life. And once I got confronted by that, and once it was right there, I was like, whoa. And so I really had to take myself on from that point. And it sort of started to be able to raise the question for myself, what, it, what would it be like if I could be my own king, if I could treat myself with sovereignty, if I could love myself, if I could be in service of myself if I could um, yeah do all those things that we normally associate with other people and I really saw that that's what I was doing for other people but everyone but myself and so I the the song kind of came out of the question what if I could be my own king or what if other people could be their own kings as well and, and look after themselves and and find their self-acceptance and find their self-love and um I guess as soon as I started working on it, it was just kind of there. The, the concept was so strong and the idea was so strong for me personally after finding it for themselves and for, for myself that I wanted it to communicate it and I wanted it to be a space for other people to find their version of that as well. So it, it just kind of wrote itself and um, it was created out into the world. Um, and I was just so committed to it as well, because I was like, I can't not write this. And everyone that I shared it with really got something from it. So I was like, I just, I can't let this stay on my hard drive, on my computer as a couple of chords and a couple of melody that I'd never finish. I was like, I have to finish this thing. And um, and so I did, I did whatever it was going to take to complete it. And I'm so glad that I did. Yeah, it's awesome that you've brung it out to the world instead of, you know, letting that resistance hold you back because it, and it's even better that it's in music form as well. Cause I, at the end of the day, most people say this, like 
especially with myself, I do it in video form or like written form, but you did it in music form. So then it actually, because music's such a powerful tool, right? To bring up emotions and that and bring up like thoughts about it. And it will also like listening to it in a song will help people to step in, like bring that thought process to themselves. Hey, maybe I do need to like, love myself better. How am I treating others? Why am I treating myself this way? And mm-hmm. stepping into, you know, being their own king because at the end of the day, who doesn't want to be their own king? Who doesn't want to have self-love? Because when you have self-love, it starts reflecting onto others and it betters your relationship with not just yourself, the world as well. Oh man, I really hear that. The The more that I've been able to love myself, I've seen the more that people around me are able to love themselves as well and fully accept all of themselves. And it just spreads. It's just like a ripple effect. And I guess I'd always... Um, kind of felt the opposite. I felt that it didn't really matter if I was self-critical of myself or it didn't really matter if I judged myself that that wasn't affecting anyone. But I really see now that it is, that your internal dialogue, if you're critical of yourself and you don't truly love yourself, then that has effects on other people because you're negative about yourself and then you communicate that to others and an open space for them to be critical about themselves. But if you just love yourself and you're fully acceptance of, acceptant of yourself, then it creates a space for other people to be that for themselves as, as well. And then it just kind of spreads out in this amazing way. Yeah. You're so right with that. It is, it is crazy how much when you start loving yourself and you start noticing like even myself over the last couple of months with some of my like personal relationships and how much better they're becoming. And like mm-hmm. one of the things that I've lacked like early on was communication. And the more that I've started to love myself the less I'm holding back around things and I'm starting to communicate mm-hmm. more with people and actually showing up with more empathy in my like communication yeah. around people. So then it doesn't turn into say an argument or it's not that I'm projecting out. It's like, okay, I can understand where you're coming from as well, because you know, you have this self-love for yourself and empathy <laughs> for yourself as well. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah. Acceptance of yourself translating translates into acceptance of others. I, I really heard that in what you just shared then. And that's incredible. Yeah, definitely, man. So like, how has the self-love journey actually f- affected your intimate relationship? That's a good question I'd like to ask. Yeah, definitely. Um, in exactly the way that you just described, and the more that I've been able to love myself and accept different parts of myself, the stronger and more intimate my relationship has been with my partner. I really see that back when I had a lot of critical thoughts of myself and that I was really unkind, that I was always on a hair trigger to be reactive, to be um, standoffish, to like be unkind, to be like that I, all of those things were like just under the surface. Whereas now I feel like they're not the the landmines that I experienced them to be in the past. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's so true because it's like we, especially in the past, you don't you don't realize till later on a lot of those landmines you're talking about has a lot to do with yourself, but yeah. then you're just projecting it out and you're unrealizing that in the moment, and then you do self-reflecting. It's like, wait, that trigger had a lot to do with myself and not actually what's going on in reality. Mm, totally, yeah. I, I think that's that's quite challenging to do at the start is to fully accept that, fully accept that those things are 
um, your own stuff that you're projecting out. But I think there's power in that as well. And, and when you're willing to step up to the plate and be like, no, that was my stuff um, and then deal with it. Um, the things that you find on the other side of that are incredible um, for yourself and for other people as well. Mm, 100%. And even like when you start accepting that that's a part of you or like that was your trigger and you start having this massive weight off your shoulders because you mm. realize it's your responsibility. And it's like, when it comes to my responsibility, I'm the one that can change it. Yeah. And instead of relying on everyone else trying to change the world around me, it was like, I can change my internal world, which reflects onto the outer world. Oh, dude, I love that. Yeah. And I felt like that when I first got that, um, there was only one person that could make me feel guilty and that was me because you can't actually ever make anyone else feel guilty. Like even if you try, even if you try and make someone feel guilty, you can't force them to. And what the power that I found in that is that when I noticed that I felt guilty about something that I could shift it myself, that could I could be like, I can give myself freedom around that and I don't need to beat myself up about that anymore. And then this weight just lifts and I was like, wow, I've been running around feeling like this guilt is like someone else's problems and someone else is doing this to me, but it was me doing that to me. And when I found that, then you know that you've got your own solution. The solution is yours and you can use it on yourself. And it's really freeing. I never said, man. And that's why I love this quote. It's like, um, trying to, it's like when a trigger shows up, it's a, it's a sign for a new level of freedom or gives you an opportunity for a new level of freedom. And it's mm. pretty much as you explained what just then it's like, you know, we're, we're all chasing this thing for freedom, but then it's these triggers that are kind of holding us back from them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to like, not see a trigger as a negative, not see something that you are highly reactive about and be like, and accepting it being like, that's mine. Cause you don't want to accept stuff like that. You don't want to be like vindictive and you don't want to be unkind and you don't want to be all those things that we normally associate with negative stuff to actually hold on to that and say no i am those things is really challenging um, but when you do when you own them and when you are able to accept them and then shift them like that's when everything opens up and yeah i really hear in what you're sharing that that's something that you've taken on board as well mm. and like i think one important part to point out with that too it's like how scary it is bloody scary facing your own shit because it's like it's only it's you against you and it's like you're gonna you're gonna have to let some parts of yourself die to rebirth that new part of you that's gonna make yourself feel so much lighter <laughs> yeah 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 that shedding stuff is painful and i mean like i really have been feeling that over the last kind of week and and still kind of today i really feel like i'm dealing with that today but i've really have appreciated this conversation with you because i feel so much more lightness and freedom and joy around around that i really am able to look at it as as an opportunity and as something that's great now kind of after talking to you and, and hearing your perspectives about seeing triggers as great things like yeah so thank you more than welcome man and it's like you know a massive thank you on this side too because it's like you know feeling human again and it was like oh someone else is going through the same things i'm going through and that which like i think is I mean, this conversation is so important for people that like everyone to listen to is like this stuff comes up for everyone we're not the only ones in the world that go through different um scenarios or you know, have different triggers come up they're generally the same thing we just deal with them in different ways <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, we've got our, our old Band-Aid solutions that we try and run um, over those things. And, and whether it's like slamming the door and leaving or whether it's getting angry or whether it's like we have all of those things that we've that we've just tried to remedy these things with in the past and they just look different for um, different people. Some people, some people get loud, some people get quiet, some people get aggressive, some people get withdrawn. Like it just, it's just your flavor of how you've learned to deal with it. But um, yeah, by actually sort of identifying it and really properly dealing with it, not just putting the Band-Aid solution is the only time you really get to explore what it could be if, if that wasn't part of your life. 100% agree. And I think that's one thing as a society, I think we need to start pivoting on is that Band-Aid solution because we're witnessing even at the moment, it doesn't work. Hmm. Like we're, we're lucky enough, we can see it. We're starting to see it on a global scale. And we've had a time now we had, you know, we got that chance to pivot with the direction we're going because the quick fix pill, the Band-Aid solutions just, hmm. just aren't working anymore. And we can see that because like as... I like to think like I talk about with emotions and that is that emotions are somewhat like water. The more you try and push it down, the harder they push up because waters you're going to always try and escape. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel that as well. And, and that's been coming up in my life um, over the last couple of weeks as well is, um, is like the, the masculine trying to resist stuff, trying to like trying to push back and trying to punch and force and like hit and like, I can run and like bend things and, and it doesn't always work. What I'm starting to see is that we can bring like more nuance, bring subtlety, bring all of those things that we more associate with the feminine to problems. And um, some of the time when you, when you bring that to them, it doesn't become a problem at all because it, you don't aggravate it. You don't, intensify you don't it doesn't become this thing that you need to fight against because it wasn't really a problem anyway you just brought all of this energy to it and so i've been finding that for myself um and trying to to bring that because i noticed that it's not always natural to me especially after being in that um masculine intense place of the army where you just like beat your way through something you just decide you want to do it and then you just fight until you get to do it, I'm starting to see that that doesn't always work and that you can bring more flow and intuition and you can bring more of those things to a problem and still have a great end result. 100% because we generally do, uh, like male or female, have feminine and masculine energy in us and um, we get taught how to deal with things in one way or another, but then it's also becoming aware of how to deal with that problem in the moment. So that's when you become more self-aware and that kind of stuff. And yeah, I think also like being able to step into that more feminine energy when problems do come up and coming more of that nurturing type is kind of better instead of beating yourself up. Because as we're saying, like with the world, it's always a war against something because of the world's in like hyper masculine energy. So it's always war against a, go cancer and all that and it's like what if we actually took a step back and learn how to coexist with it it's a part of us and start to like nurture it and realize this is a part like you know as i was saying is a part of us what if we can show it love instead of trying to fight it to death what if we can like love it and it becomes a part of us (laughs) dude imagine that world hey holy shit that'd be a different place 
if we could bring that sort of energy because I, I hear that we're always fighting something and just the current flavor at the moment's COVID, but it's transitioned through so many different things um, over time. And we just go from fighting one thing to fighting the next thing. And who knows what the next thing will be, but even climate change, we're trying to fight that at the moment, but yeah. But if there was more love and acceptance in the world, would we need to fight it? Like, I don't know. Mm, I definitely agree with that, man. Cause it's like one of the most important pillars of change, especially I've noticed on my journey and spoken to other people, it's accepting where you're at instead of being at war where you're at. It's like, okay, this is where we're at. Why don't we, you know, accept it. And then we can start looking at loving ways instead of trying to, um, you know, as we're talking about bash our way through. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes that's challenging as well is accepting where you're at because potentially it's not where you want to be. And we always have this idea that we want to be somewhere different, but yeah, just loving where you are at the moment. And that's been coming up a lot in my life as well is that um, I have goals and I have things that I want to. Yep. All good. Yeah. Internet. Kind yeah, of. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> yeah that's all good man no that's all right man yeah no i yeah i fully get that being able to just accept where you are at the moment and as humans we always want to be somewhere different we always have goals and things that we're striving for and different places that we're trying to get to and sometimes it's really challenging to fully be present in where you are at the moment and yeah again it's like dealing with those those internal dialogues, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it's hard to just be where you are at the moment because it's not ideally where you'd like to be. But there's also a heap of power and a heap of excitement in, in the present as well. And I'm starting to find that for myself. I relate to that so much, man, because it's like even I'm at a stage in my life where I guess there's a few things in my present moment I'm not entirely, I guess, happy with. But then because I'm seeing the ball start to roll with things and I'm like, okay, when's this moment? But then I realize trying to live in the future is exhausting and mm. how to have more energy and be, I guess, have more self-love. And that is being more present in the moment, accepting where I am. And that kind of helps to move you. I guess it's this weird kind of dialogue. It's like being more present actually helps you to move forward quicker. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, hundred percent. Cause yeah, you only ever create like future possibilities and you create things in the now, like even when you project things in the future and you set goals and stuff like that, like you don't, you don't get the body you want in the future. You get the body with the work that you put in now. And so I, I really, I really see that. And I see that I used to spend a lot of time in the future and a lot of time in the past as well, because I used to be so anxious about things that were happening in the future that I'd have if I had a given presentation or I had to do a certain thing. I was so worried and I'd spend weeks worrying about this thing that was in the future. And I also used to spend so much time in the past as well with like past failures and past things that are experiences and stuff that I felt like I'd failed and been judged around. And I just used to find that I'd like live at each end and that I wouldn't spend much time in the center. And like my progress was so slow. I really hear that. And I see that in what you're sharing that like the more time you can spend here and the now, like the more effective you are and the more opportunity that you have to create an amazing future for yourself. Mm, exactly right. So right with that, man. Um, loving the conversation, but I think I'll wrap it up on this question, man. What, no, is, uh, what is the legacy you want to create? 
I really want to create the um, the legacy of of self love and and self acceptance, and I just really want to open the um, open the space to people to look after themselves because I really never knew that that was an option. Um, I always felt that my actions, whenever I looked after myself, had the label of um, of that I was. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, sorry, man. That's I, so um, good. <laughs> yeah, I've just totally blanked on the on the word. Um, uh, what's the word when we're we're just looking after ourselves? Selfish, um, selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent, man. I my experience was that um, looking after yourself was selfish, and that that wasn't something that you should do. And I didn't know that there was this other possibility of being able to look after yourself that was actually looking after others, that was actually um, able to expand and able to be passed on to other people. And the more that you looked after yourself, the more that you cared for your needs, the more other people could care for their needs and the more that you could care for their needs and that, that it expanded out. And so I spent a lot of my time um, not looking after myself because I didn't want to be those things. And um, now I see that it's possible to be all of that, to um, have acceptance and love for myself and, and that I can allow other people to have acceptance and love for themselves as well. Such a powerful share, man. Like I definitely resonate with that a lot and it's definitely something needed and we need more people to be that permission piece to take care of themselves. And yeah, like, thank you again for coming on this podcast, man. This has actually been really therapeutical for me as well. <laughs> like it's like sitting out it's like, yeah, but thanks again, man. Very much appreciate it. No worries, dude. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, what an awesome conversation. I really enjoyed that. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today's episode, guys. Be sure to give it a like, comment, let us know what you think. Um, if you think a friend would value it, share it with them. And also, too, to help support the podcast a little extra bit, go to patreon.com forward slash studio mindfulness. And to check out all my programs and all the other content I have going on, go to mitchellcrocker.com. That has all my social media links and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, hope you enjoyed today's episode. Cheers for tuning in, too.